Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Mastering Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 198 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and disability. And my special guest is Sarah Y.K. Welcome, Sarah. Hello, Teresa. So happy to be here. Well, I am happy that you are able to make time with me today to talk about this topic. Uh, I want to go right out of the gate by talking about tarot deck decks and yes. representation matters. I mean, this it matters is, so much. It, it's a huge thing. And, you know, I think the tarot world has gotten clued into that, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen yeah. decks that have become way more inclusive, uh, yes. particularly with black and brown people but we're still not seeing a lot of representation for disabled people. So let's start talking about that. What do publishers and deck creators need to know about representing disabled people? Um, First of all, one of the big concepts in disability rights, awareness, radical visibility um, is nothing about us without us. Like if you are making a tarot deck, and incorporating disabled people, make sure that you're consulting with disabled people and you are being very um, judicious about the information that you give out. You're not just like, oh, here's a person in a wheelchair. Ask other disabled people, ask people with chronic illnesses, get your information straight from the source. And that's very, very important when it comes to representation because throughout history, well, at least in the United States, if what you see in the movies and things like that, it's not about us and it's always without us. So that I think is the biggest thing. If you are going to try and incorporate um, more disability representation into your decks, um, have hire some disabled people to help you and to make sure that you are being authentic and that you're being real and true to the nature of what you're trying to um, show in your tarot cards. Are there any decks do you think that are getting it right? Um, I think her name is Crodecor, um, or that's what her Instagram handle is. She, her, she is the only person I've seen so far um, online that it has some cards that are you know show people with mobility aids or wheelchairs or things like that. But I haven't, you know, as far as getting it right, it's almost just kind of non-existent there's no right or wrong because there's nothing there. And I I haven't seen anything except for the deck that uh, me and the guest artist and elders created where every single card represents a different type of chronic illness, a different type of disability. They all are, you know, that is what they are centered around is a disabled chronically ill experience. I haven't seen anything like that in my if there is, I'd love to know. And I think yeah. there should be more. And, you know, in saying that also, I identify as a white cisgender disabled woman. And that's important because disability is an intersectionality. So if you're an indigenous trans disabled person, your experience is going to be much different than mine. If you are a black non-binary disabled person, your your experience is going to be much different than mine. And I think there needs to be more and there needs to be more from all the different viewpoints of all the different intersectionalities um, that exist and are very complex and prismatic to capture our full experience. And why do you think deck creators have been so behind the eight ball on this? You know, I don't really, 
I don't really know. I mean, I've been in, you know, I started studying with you and Diane Bloom in 2004, and I've done a lot of, you know, investigating on my own. And, you know, you do come across, um, I think a lot of it is capitalism colonialism, eugenics, and white supremacy. If I'm going to be completely honest and get a little radical here, um, there's a tendency in the spiritual community to look at disability and illness as something negative instead of reframing it as an organic part of humanity. And in many um, indigenous cultures and tribal cultures, especially in order to be a shaman or a spiritual worker, one of the prerequisites is that you have to be ill or you you have to have been through a major serious illness or, you know, it's just looked at as different. And I think that's, you know, one of my goals in Cosmically Ill Tarot and creating this deck is reframing, you know, disability is not a bad word. Being chronically ill is a natural part of being a human being. It's We all belong in this world. And I think sometimes in the spiritual community, you know, like with law of attraction, that's fine for like money, career, you know, you want to manifest a new pair of shoes. That's cool. But when it comes to illness and disability, that's a whole different thing. You're talking about human beings and things that are outside of our control. And there's not a lot of humility that I have seen in my experience in the spiritual world for things that we don't understand. And also for things that because of a capitalistic and white supremacist society that causes fear. So there's this real need to have like this illusion of control. And I think that's a huge problem. And that's what radical acts of survival tarot is all about is the pushback against that. We are a part of nature. We're here, we're disabled, we are who we are and we belong to the human race. And there's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing you know bad about us. We're not like not as spiritual as anybody else. We are human beings and we're able to have like a full, robust spiritual life just like anybody else. Yes. Yes. So then let's ask this question. So if you are a reader and let's say you are, you know, able-bodied or, you know, white, cisgender or whatever, and you have a disabled person come and sit at your table, what do we need to know about disabled people? Because I think here's what happens. I think sometimes when people are sitting with the disabled people, they automatically make assumptions. Like yes. I've got to talk louder or I've got to change my <laughs> words and just in case they don't understand. I think people have these terrible misconceptions. So yeah. what is the first thing that somebody needs to know if you are sitting with somebody who has a disability or a chronic illness at your table? I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is humble yourself to what you don't understand and follow that person's lead. Like, you know, when you were asking me, you know, about what I identify with and like names that are acceptable, I identified as disabled with a capital D. Um, I'm also psychiatrically disabled. Some people prefer to be called neurodivergent. I prefer to be called schizophrenic or um, psychiatrically disabled. Follow that person's lead. If you don't know, ask. And the second thing that I would say to never, ever, ever say to someone with a chronic illness or disability is this whole kind of like really harmful trope of you are not your illness and you are not your disability yourself. We are actually, and it affects, and, and that's part of the ignorance. 
People don't understand that when you are disabled and you have a chronic illness and you're not able to work, your life is completely different than an able-bodied person who has different amount of agency. You have different amount of resources to choose from. Being schizophrenic and being uh, physically disabled affects every single part of my life, from my relationships to socioeconomic status, to the choices that I can make about whether or not I go to school, to what jobs I can have, to where I can live. I am disabled. It is a part of my life that affects everything else. So I think that's another one of those like spirituality tropes that I've heard a lot, like, but you're so much more. No, this is exactly who I am. And so if you're sitting across from a disabled person, that would be my, my two biggest things of advice. First of all, be humble to what you don't understand. Don't be afraid to ask questions and follow their lead. And secondly, to respect the fact that being disabled and chronically ill in this country, in this society, with capitalism and colonialism and white supremacy and eugenics that really weaves through everything since the inception of the United States affects us every single day. We can't separate it. And that kind of also leads to like my whole like philosophy in creating radical acts of survival tarot. You can't have spiritual healing without social justice. They go together. And that's something that I found has been lacking in a lot of spiritual communities as as well. So that's your long answer. (laughs) That's a great answer. And I think it's also really important for people to keep in mind that disabled people have the same concerns that you have. I think yeah. that you, we can't automatically assume that, well, they, they can't possibly have a big sex life. You know what I mean? I think there are right. people who assume a lot of things yeah. and they yes. have the same concerns that you have too. So yes. I think that's very important. You would not believe like the comments that I've gotten of just like, what? You do have sex? Yeah, I'm engaged. (laughs) I have a healthy, normal relationship. It's different than, you know, what is considered the norm that we've been fed through pop culture and media and everything else. And again, that comes from representation and we don't get represented accurately. Um, But things like that happen all the time, you know, and like you said, the talking louder, like, I'm not deaf. I, yes. <laughs> and if a person is deaf, sometimes talking louder is not going to make a difference anyways. So, you know, there really is that humility factor. Don't assume what you don't understand and don't be afraid to ask and explore. Don't be afraid to research. There's so many fabulous disability activists, voices, um, people that are out there on Twitter and Instagram. You can research, you can learn what disability justice means. I mean, we have in recent years, especially with the internet and been able to connect together and create a more cohesive disabled, chronically ill culture. So you can also educate yourself and, you know, we don't have to do all the work for you either but it's always good to ask it's always good to follow the person's lead and whatever they're comfortable with so the other thing I want to ask you um, I mean that's such a great answer I really appreciate that so for people who have disabilities I mean what is your advice now I mean because look a lot of the standard tarot wisdom you hear and I'm I say this myself cut the deck with your left hand or, you know, shuffle the cards or look at this card, look at the image. I mean, you know, you get so used to doing it a certain way. If you are able-bodied and cisgender, you don't think about what if this person can't see or what if they don't have a hand? So what is your advice for people who want to read tarot, but let's say they have a disability, 
you know, what are some things they can do? Well, first of all, I would like to say that I, in creating the Radical Acts of Survival deck, I had someone reach out to me who is blind and we have been working together on how do you, how do you create a deck for a blind person? You can actually get tarot decks brailed. Mm-hmm. Most cities and counties have a society for the blind and for like little to no cost, they will braille things for you. I'm still working with this person on, you know, that aspect of it, of how to um, create an accessible tarot deck for people who are blind. Um, and it's also important to remember, you know, anytime you're going, you're doing anything online, and this is a quote from Alice Wong. She is one of my favorite disability activists. Access is love. And that means putting um, alt text in all of your pictures, putting image descriptions on everything that you post on Instagram, because if you can't see that image description is all that person has, and they can't just put it together from you know whatever your caption is. Um, I do always talk about you know, the left hand thing, you know, and that comes from like, it's a heart centered thing. And so you cut with your left hand, but do you really need to do that? Or do you just need to think heart intentionally? And a lot of people have caregivers. If they can't shuffle themselves, they can have their caregiver shuffled. This is the advice that I give. I have looked for uh, card shufflers online because they do have them like for casinos and stuff. There are not any that are big enough for tarot cards. So any inventors out there who want to invent a tarot card shuffler for the disability community, that would be fantastic. I've looked all over. There's none except for the ones that only just like regular playing cards. Um, But, you know, I've shown in my videos, like just mixing stuff up, putting back together and whatever way you can cut them. You know, like I said, if you if you need to use your mouth, if you need to use your elbow, your butt, your nose, whatever, as long as you're you're making that intention, okay, I'm cutting these cards from a heart-centered place because I want a heart-centered reading, that's all that matters. It doesn't have to do with your hands at all. So remembering that access is love, remembering alternative descriptions in your pictures, um, image descriptions when you're doing um, anything online or Instagram, anything like that. Um, those would be, uh, captions are huge. Instagram now has captions for your IGTV. All you have to do is turn them on. They generate them themselves. So that is really like an exciting new development. Um, so yeah, that, those would be some of the things that I think about a lot. I'm still trying to like, like I said, I'm working with someone, um, about the, the actual decks and how to make them more accessible for blind people. Well, I, I I did not know there were not shufflers that were of the right size for tarot decks. I didn't know that. Right. Um, Inventors, so hello, help us out. <laughs> they need to get on it. The other thing that I find really great is uh, I was talking to somebody years ago uh, who was disabled. He was in a wheelchair and he used apps because he yes. could shuffle and he could talk to the app and tell yeah. it to stop shuffling. And then he could do a reading for somebody. And I thought, oh, my God. I never, again, never thought about that. By the way, I did not know that Instagram Live, you have those captions. So thank you for telling me that. Yes. You have to go into your settings and just turn the captions on and they're, and then they're on and they auto generate by themselves. I actually had bought a Mm -hmm. caption max. Like I bought an app to make captions. Um, So it's really great. That's kind of a great advancement. Thank you, Instagram for adding that. (laughs) But as far as um, apps are great. and, And I feel the same thing. It's like, 
you know, if you're really working from spirit and the cosmos and the universe, does the cosmos care? Does the cosmos, what do the cosmos really want? They want us all to have access to the magic, right? So if you need to use an app and you can't access a physical deck or whatever, the cosmos are like, hey, two thumbs up. Or if you don't have hands, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you know what I mean? The magic is still there. And I think that's what the important thing is, is that has gotten lost a little bit in the spiritual world is that access is love and love comes from the cosmos. Love comes from the universe and love wants us all to be able to access the magic of tarot. So any way that you can make that happen, whether it's through an app, whether some inventor finally invents us a shuffler for (laughs) tarot sized cards, um captions all text image descriptions everything like that that's all the better well i like to thank you for being so instrumental in helping me to think outside the tarot box about this because you know we tend to live with our own lived experiences yeah. and we often don't bother to think oh my god what if someone couldn't shuffle here i'm talking about shuffling and cutting with the left hand so you know people like you who are out there really um being a warrior an advocate for, for disabled people. It's really helping also other people know that this is something we need to all start thinking about. So I cannot tell you how much I appreciate the work you do. Thank you so much. That's very kind words for you to say. And I mean, that's the other thing I would say about being a disabled person who wants to read tarot cards is we, you know, like, I just finished all the descriptions for my major arcana cards for my deck. And instead of, you know, the typical like career, love, money, you know, those you can find anywhere. I did, um, I did a general uh, medications and treatments, doctors, um, ableism resources, internalized ableism, which is kind of the reverse. That's my, my version of a reverse tarot and community. Um, I think it's really important because a lot of times the reason I started this is I was starting to use tarot for my own health all the time. Yep. I've got this doctor's appointment. I'm nervous about what is, what am I, can I trust this doctor? What's going to happen? I'm going to start this new medication. What's going to happen? And, um, learning to read for yourself, I think is also really, really instrumental. I think because you know your body best and you can interpret those cards and maybe see things that another reader can't see. And especially because there isn't so much education about disability and illness, it can all get very complicated. And that's why our deck is, you know, it's very straightforward. It's black and white. The images are very similar to the Rider weight. They're recognizable. Um, I wanted to create something as a starting point for people with disabilities and chronic illness to start learning for themselves how to read. And also because we're on fixed incomes. Most of us are on disability. Tarot readers are expensive. So (laughs) learning to read for yourself. And I actually, I included in my blog, the wonderful post that you wrote about five reasons learn to read for yourself so I was like spot on yes this is what I'm talking about um so that would be the other thing I would say about tarot reading for people with disabilities learn to read yourself um and learn to read for yourself if that is the modality that you want to get into to add to your healing or add to your life or add to your spiritual life or you know whatever your your wishes are I also think it's really important for members of the tarot community who are prominent um, I don't know if I consider myself prominent, but I'm out there to You're also make sure that we are creating a seat at the table and shining a spotlight on disabled tarot readers and also Thank on you. the need of our disabled 
uh, clients because we need to not be like hiding everything behind the Rider Waite Smith deck. I think it's important to say here, you know, this is things you need to be thinking about or you know, here is a disabled reader who's out there doing amazing things. I think right. it also really helps when we are also being inclusive and making place for everybody. I think it's not just the tarot deck creators, but also right. the people in the community. The readers. And, you know, can I can I mention Shaheen Miro? Is that okay? Yes. Because, I, I mean, he's a perfect example. You know, a lot of us don't want to hear oh, well, if you just think more positively, you'll be okay. One of my favorite quotes ever is from, from another advocate. Her name is uh, Wheelchair Rapunzel. And she, she wrote an Instagram post called, I can think, and she's in a wheelchair. She has several palsy. She said, um, I can think positively all day. I still will not be able to wipe my own ass. I mean, and that's it in a nutshell. Like it has nothing to do with aligning our chakras. It has nothing to do with us doing, you know, removing emotional blocks and, you know, someone that we, um, we both know who got a very serious lymphoma um, and fortunately is recovered. But I spoke to someone else who knew this person and they were like, well, what did she do to attract that cancer? Yes. Ah, it's I so hate that. Right. I hate and that so much. That's something that I think that other tarot readers and other healers need to really keep in mind. And this is what I loved about, I worked with Sheen Miro for the last six months while I was going through this really, really um, heavy, dangerous and scary time with my health. And he met me where I was at. There was no talk of like, well, maybe you just need to work on your mom being abusive and your kidney will magically get better. Like nothing like that. He met me where I was at. He met my needs, he listened, and he so intuitively like kept me there. Towards the end, I finally was like, okay, I would like to spiritually look into these wounds. I'm now ready yes. to take a deeper look into like what, what cosmically and energetically can be going on in my kidney that I can focus on and that I can heal. But it wasn't until the very end, and he never pushed me, and it wasn't until I wanted to, you know. Not everything happens for a reason, but sometimes we can find the reason. And that just makes such a beautiful kind of like closure and like uh, magical circle around a really traumatic event. But you got to let the person get there by themselves. And that I think is really, really important when you're reading or healing or doing any kind of energy work with a disabled person. Meet that person where they are at. We don't want to hear oh, well, you know, if you just work on your past trauma or if you just, you know, remove this block or if you just manifest this, nothing I'm going to do. I was born with congenital Lyme disease that destroyed my body. What did I do? What did I do as a tiny baby that I attracted, you know, this lifetime of pain and suffering? Please tell me. Like, why does, why does the universe hate me as a baby? Those are the kind, that's how we receive those messages. That's what right. it feels like to us when people say stuff like that. So that's something to be really, really aware of. Be humble. The human body is complex. We don't understand everything. Disabled people and chronically ill people are natural parts of this world. We belong here. Our existence is needed as part of the evolution of human beings. And respect that. Meet us where we're at. Ask questions. Be curious. And be that's truly what healing is. And Shaheen Miro, I'm just going to love on him for a second. He 
he met that challenge every step of the way. And I wouldn't have made it through this past six months without his guidance and help. Well, Shaheen Miro, I can also say, is just an amazing healer. I know that myself firsthand. We're very blessed to have in our community, but we are also very blessed to have you in our tarot community, too. You are making us all a lot wiser and a lot more compassionate and way more aware of things that I think people uh, often overlook when it comes to disability. So, I again, I really want to thank you for your work. Well, thank you. And I, you know, I do think that it's, it's fear. There's fear and there's, you know, people like to have an illusion of control that can't happen to me because I'm doing all this spiritual work and I'm, you know, my chakras are aligned and I'm working out and Louise, Hey, don't even get me started on Louise. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, RIP. And she did a lot of wonderful spiritual things, but she also did a lot of victim blaming, harming things. So, you know, to just kind of evolve past some of those old tropes that are victim blaming and realizing that there is fear of the unknown. You're scared to be like us and you want to have this like, illusion of control that everything you're you're doing everything that happens to you is because you attracted it yourself the cosmos are much more mysterious than that and as my one you know the basis of my spirituality is being humbled to the unknown as my one friend always says let's get ready to humble like that's kind of my mantra be humble to what you don't understand and what you don't know which is actually a lot when you think about it well, you yeah. know, the, the comic, uh, the comic uh, artist Alan Moore once said, and this is one of my favorite statements, the world is rudderless. Yes. And I yes. think about that all the time. Like, and I, you know, I like to have control, but there are some things that we cannot explain that we do not have control over. Right. And we got to be okay with that. Right. Exactly. We have to not be fearful of it. We have to accept it. We have to be humble to it. Humble to the unpredictable forces. That's like the root of my spirituality. And it's the root of where I practice from. Well, I want to thank you for spending time with me today. Where can people find you to learn more about your work, your deck, and also to get educated on tarot and disability? Where can they find you? Um, I do most of my work on um, Instagram with the handle cosmically underscore ill underscore tarot. Um, and so you can find me there. I'm kind of on Twitter. I know I go off. And <laughs> on, sometimes I go on like Twitter binges where I tweet like 50 things in one day and then I don't look at it again for like a week, but mostly on Instagram. And then you can also find the link. Um, our tarot deck will be is, is still available for the free printable download until January 18th of next year. So 2021. You, in yes, case someone's listening to this later, 2021. Yes, 2021, January, January 18th, 2021. Um, it's still available until then. And I have a link tree. If you go to my Instagram, you can sign up on the mailing list and you can find all sorts of information there and you can get your own printable deck and we'll see what happens after that. But well, thank yeah. you so, so much. Um, and people, so definitely make sure you get over to, to Sarah's world and learn more about her deck and all of the magic that she is creating. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. I want to remind thank you. you so much. Check- oh no, thank you. I, I just love having an excuse to talk to you too. As you know, <laughs> by the way, people, if you're listening in, I've known Sarah for like forever. Uh, like 20 years. So we are like, 
old, old, old friend. She's like family. My first teacher. Teresa's my first teacher. (laughs) My first tarot teacher ever. And here I am. Cheryl Cheryl also ate a lot of good cookies back in the day. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, people. So you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, blog posts, forecasts, so many other good things for you to scope out. I hope you enjoy it. And I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you are digging the podcast, you know what to do. Get on over to iTunes, leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. 